What were some of the early heresies being taught to Peter's audience? And what was the effect on those people who were hearing them? Let's talk about that today on The Midweek Move. Hello and welcome to Midweek Move, podcast extension of The Healing Place, the podcast where we examine scriptures line by line, verse by verse, and ask ourselves, what is happening here and how does it apply to our lives? And today, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be continuing our journey through the book of Second Peter with chapter 2. And uh, even though last week he said that he may not be allowed to be back on the show, we do have Patrick Scott with us again. <laughs> uh, I almost <laughs> forgot about that. <laughs> I did not. I thought that was funny. So I'm back, ladies and gentlemen. They did not fire me. He's back from outer space. I didn't get canceled. I didn't get fired. So I think we're good. Yeah, you're good. You're good to go. Of course, we didn't go viral, so that <laughs> that, that helps. helps. That helps. <laughs> Give it a couple of months. So although you are wearing a Russian outfit today, so who knows what happened today? <laughs> I don't have my sweatpants. You on. Don't have the sweatpants on. <laughs> There's so many things you guys miss by not being part of the healing place on campus. That's already. right, on campus, <laughs> even at just a fellowship, even at just a fellowship. Doesn't even have to be a, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so, oh my goodness, I'm glad that we can laugh and talk like this because we're about to get into some heavy stuff. And again, this is, this is an aspect of, of what the show is. This is a casual conversation about what the scripture is saying in context. And really, it's an example for you guys who are listening and who are watching that it doesn't have to be weird when you do Bible study. You right. know, it doesn't have to be the structured out, you know, three-point sermon, past an offering plate, anything like that. Though if you want to give, thpsreport.com. And you don't have to do those type of things. That was a joke. But um, <laughs> but it's supposed to be just a natural thing. And right. so in that, we can laugh, we can talk, but we can get deep at the same time. And um, this week's topic is... It's pretty serious. Uh, what were the, the headings that you say that were in your Bible? So in my Bible, the headings, of course, the headings and the chapters and the division of the narrative were added much later. Right. <clears throat> we all know that. Uh, if you don't know that, then now you know that. Right. It was added much, much later, and right. it was uh, it was basically put in by man mm -hmm. for ease of reading. Exactly, including the verse <clears throat> numbers themselves. That's right. And so, again, as we're reading the Word of God, it's a, it's a, it's a narrative. Mm -hmm. It's not break here, break here, break here, break here. Right. It's, it's a narrative that's, that's being written, scribed, and <clears throat> being told uh, by someone to someone else or through someone else mm -hmm. to scribe. And uh, in Peter so far, he's really set this up. And, again, it's not really a setup because, it's, again, it's a narrative. So right. it's not like, oh... He's setting it up for chapter two. Right. No, it's just a, it's all one narrative. It's a cohesive thought taking place. That's right. So what we're about to go into, like my headings say destructive, doom, depravity, and deception. Yeah. <laughs> the four Ds. Destructive, doom, depravity, and deceptions. Yeah. This isn't going so to So this be... is gonna be fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are gonna leave out of this feeling encouraged and just inspired. Um so um, we're going to jump into this. Now, I do want to I want to back up a second before we get into verse one and remind you guys last week, he's talking about um, what is biblical prophecy, why we can trust it and in the earmarks, because the early heresies are taking place are trying to deny 
the uh, the prophetic nature of the Old Testament is trying to deny the lordship of Jesus, and he wraps it up uh, here in what we know to be uh, twenty and twenty one. Knowing this uh, this verse that no prophecy of Scripture is of private interpretation, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but by holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. And this is important for us to keep that in mind, yep. because again, this is a continuing conversation, a continuing narrative. And this next verse is a continuation of this thought, and it acts as a, um, he's, what we're going to see in this next chapter is almost a contrast of what we saw in the last chapter, whereas we saw what, what it was for godly men and the nature of those writing the scriptures and what biblical godly prophecy is, we now see the flip side of, of false prophecy and the nature of these false prophets and teachers. <clears throat> yeah, and I think there's so much in our current culture uh, with YouTube, the advent of YouTube, specifically YouTube, there mm-hmm. are channels specifically about heresy. And I put that in quotes because there are sometimes that I've watched some of these things and heard some of these teachers that are calling something heresy that's not heresy. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that it maybe it's a uh, interpretation of something mm-hmm. that was off maybe, mm-hmm. but not necessarily heresy. Right. Um, They're not removing from the lordship of Jesus that's Christ. That's right. That's right. And so I think that those words have been thrown around a little bit. Sure. You know, heresy, oh, he's a false prophet because he got it, quote, unquote, wrong. Uh, that's a that's a slippery slope. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that we are very careful with our language. Right. When we pray with people, when we sense something, or or um, I don't even want to use the word feel, but when we sense something from the Lord, mm-hmm. we're, we're very clear to not immediately go into, thus saith the Lord. I mean, mm-hmm. when you use those words, that carries a lot of gravity and weight, mm-hmm. but it also carries judgment in the future. Yes. And, and God will judge the good, the righteous, and he will judge the false, the unrighteous. Mm-hmm. He will judge our deeds. He will judge our those things that we said. He will judge our hearts and where the motivation of that came from. And I think sometimes people are jumping straight to heresy mm-hmm. without getting the narrative yeah. and getting the context. Maybe it's a young minister that that they have beautiful intentions, mm-hmm. right? But but maybe they've not had a spiritual father in their life. I say that terminology loosely, but they haven't had a mentor in their mm-hmm. life. They haven't had a Paul in their life. And and maybe it's a, a matter of when you go to that young person or that person that they are amenable and that they are, oh, I never would have, you know, and mm-hmm. they're open to correction. Sure. That's where you know the motivation. But the people that we're about to talk about, they were unteachable. Mm-hmm. We're going to see that clearly. Yeah. They did not want any covering at all. Mm-hmm. When I say covering, the Lord is our covering, but He also puts people in our lives that function as a covering, just like parents would in our life. Yeah, and and they refused any kind of corrective measure at all, and they were also using it of their own private interpretation, which He just warned them of. Mm-hmm. They're privately interpreting it, but not just uh, privately interpreting it. They're privately interpreting it for their own benefit, yeah. which is a whole other level. Exactly. So uh, 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 1, <clears throat> and again, you, you, you call this out, that he's speaking to holy people, but then here comes this three-letter word, but mm. 
there were also false prophets. So here he's dealing with motivations, like right. motivations of, hey, you got askew, you got off track, you love Jesus. Listen, you just need a course correction. Right. But there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you. So basically he's saying they're always going to be false teachers. Exactly. Always going to be false prophets. Right. And I think it's important to point out, these are people within the community themselves. Yep. These are known individuals that they've grown up with, and that's going to be a key factor as we read through this a little bit. And then it says, um, who will secretly, mm. not openly, secretly, there is a key there, and I want to go back to that once we read the rest of this verse. Um, so remind me about that. Right. Who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them, mm. and bring on themselves swift destruction. That is, and I, I know it's heavy, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but at the same time, it's it's so beautiful and so gracious of the Lord to give a warning. Right to the people of God, mm-hmm. that these people were going to be among them. Right. And it's also very gracious and merciful of Peter, mm-hmm. who is warning these people, where Peter, prior to maybe by the Sea of Galilee <laughs> redemptive moment, would have just cut all their heads off himself. Yeah, yeah. Or their ears, at least. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Good habit already. There was, a, there was yeah. a pattern in place. It was already a pattern of, no, 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 no. Oh, poof, I'm going to cut that off, you know? So, uh, so Yeah. That's, that's verse 1. Yeah. So, and with that whole aspect, uh, I think one point of this aspect, it says, uh, even denying the Lord who bought them, uh, suggesting these are not just heretics who are coming in who are outside the fold, who don't know Jesus. This so it suggests, and this is a controversial conference, uh, statement to make, but these are quite possibly professing Christians. Right. These are people at one point in time professed Christ, walked uh, the path, studied with the other individuals. They are part of the church. And this is part of that aspect of where things start to, why this goes downhill is because these seem to be people who have departed from uh, not tradition, but biblical standard. Mm-hmm. From and the faith. From the faith as a whole. And again, this is a this is a uh, controversial statement in certain circles because it is suggesting that there are people who are boarding in believers who will willfully walk away from the Lord through false teachings. And that shouldn't be a controversial statement, Mm -mm. but it is very controversial Mm -hmm. because you will hear, hey, you pray to prayer, Mm -hmm. everything's good, there's never any. Mm -hmm. Then you'll have another one, if you do anything, then you're lost. Right. And so... I don't think we can just take Second Peter because it's uncomfortable for us and right. just go, mm, no. I mean, he's being very clear. This yeah. isn't one of those texts that's got a shadow. Right. This is very, very clear. Very blatant. Yeah. And whatever translation that comes from the original language, it's very, very clear. Mm-hmm. When he says, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, which means no covering. Mm-hmm. The leader will not know about it. Mm-hmm. So whoever the leader is, mm-hmm. you know, Peter's already said that I'm a bond servant, but I'm also the quote-unquote apostle. I'm a covering for a whole entire region. Mm-hmm. But there are leaders within that. And so those leaders don't know these things because they've been done in secret. Mm-hmm. So for me, bringing it fast forward, that would be like a small group leader 
you'd have a small group leader who may be leading an entire small group away from the Lord. Sure. But because they've built relationships and people have an affinity for them and a love for them, mm -hmm. they will follow those things blindly right. without going to the leadership mm -hmm. and saying, hey, is this right? Yeah. And that has happened a lot. Sure. That has happened a lot. Yeah. That happens a lot mm -hmm. where you have people who maybe at one time had the greatest motives and, man, they wanted to just reach the world for Jesus. Yeah. But in a moment, maybe, or in a turn, or in a terrible moment, or in a moment of crisis, their heart was opened up to Satan. We could lean it over to Judas. He was with Jesus. He mm -hmm. was. He did miracles. I mean, yeah. that's one thing about Judas that I don't think we talk about enough. Mm -hmm. Is like Jesus didn't kick him off the team. Yeah, and he knew. He knew where it was going. Right. And Judas didn't just do a bunch of bad stuff. Right. I mean, he fed people. Yeah. He he witnessed to people. He witnessed miracles, healings, like all of those things. And yet there came a moment in his life where he opened his heart, the word is clear, to Satan. Yeah. Not just deception, but to Satan. Like he opened his heart. Mm -hmm. That's as close to Jesus as you could have been then. Yeah. And yet he still opens up his heart to Satan. And so... When we, when we talk about, you know, secretly bringing destructive heresies, it doesn't mean that leadership needs to know every conversation you're having, but if it's under the covering of a local church, the leadership needs to know what's going on in those scenarios, right. what's being taught, what's, what's being prayed over people. Mm -hmm. Like, I've, I've had people get upset when I go to them and go, hey, I saw you praying with so-and-so. Like, what happened in that? What's well, not your business? Yes, it is. <laughs> Yeah. It is my business. Yeah. Because I'm responsible for what happens down here. And you're doing it as a leader. As a leader. And so you can't just willy-nilly come up here and say anything you want to anybody while you're here. Mm -hmm. That's not the way this works. So how do you as a leader handle that situation where you where you catch wind that there is people who have been secretly bringing in, uh, and I don't know if we've had that issue of somebody bringing false doctrines or false teaching, but some subversive stuff that are challenging uh, what God is wanting to do. How do you handle that appropriately, both on the, you know, the offender side, but those who are being affected by the offender? Right. Well, sometimes, well, always it is meeting with the person mm -hmm. and just finding out their heart. Mm -hmm. Like, where's your heart? Like, even before we start talking about the situation, like, how's your heart? Yeah. I mean, you know me. It's like, what's the Lord saying? How's your heart? Right. Like, that's that's it. That's yeah. how's your heart? What's the Lord mm -hmm. saying? That's all I care about, right. really. Because if your heart isn't right, then that tells me about the fruit of what's coming out of that. Sure. Um, if 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 your heart is okay, yet you're still doing these things, and that tells me that there's no selfish motivation in it. That it's maybe just something where you got off track a little bit, but you you have a great heart. You have a repentant heart. You have a corrective heart. You have a teaching teachable heart. And, and if they won't allow you to do that, then that tells you all you need to know about leadership. Mm -hmm. Now, every situation is different. You strive with some people, and then you cut some things off. Yeah. And that's because you sense the spirit behind it and how it can harm other people. Mm -hmm. And then once whatever happens, then you begin to deal with the greater group if you feel like that's what the Lord is doing. 
And sometimes it's just a bunch of damage control. It's pastoring people. It's putting oil on wounds. Yeah. And sometimes it is taking it on the chin because mm -hmm. some people will never understand. Yeah. Even if you explain it to them, even if you tell them exactly what happened, they'll still never understand. Mm -hmm. And that's where you get talked about. That's mm -hmm. where you get, um, you know, blades stuck in your back and fiery darts and right. all that other stuff while you get a smiling face, yeah. you know? And, and I'm not, I don't say that to be facetious or demean that or anything. It's just, that's the reality, that's the of, reality of it. That, that really is the reality of it. And I think that as a leader, as a, as a, as a leader, um, uh, in an area, the biggest, f the greatest focus for us is always our heart. Mm-hmm that our heart is in the right place. Mm -hmm. Our motives are in the right place. Right. And and that's the starting point. And then our mind. Mm. Because here we're going to see that they had thoughts that were almost reprobate in nature and those things got in their heart. Mm -hmm. And then that's when they became full-on corrupted. Right. When that happens, that's when you begin to get into heresy. Mm -hmm. That's when you begin to diminish the lordship of Jesus. And now the lordship of man mm. or humanism or whatever. Just put whatever name you want on it. Yeah, yeah. All right. Verse 2, and many will follow their destructive ways. So now it's talking about the people who will, again, like we just talked about. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and sometimes people don't get it. It's like they, they think that they are owed leadership. Mm. None of us are owed anything. Right. Like anything that we have been given by God to do. Mm-hmm. It's not a burden, it's a blessing. Right. It's not a, um, it, it is a privilege and an honor. And whenever we get to the place where it's not, then the motives begin to change. Mm -hmm. And now it's more about me, what I can get out of it. Mm -hmm. Now it becomes more, if you talk about pastoring, now it becomes more of a job. Mm. Now you're a hireling. And we know what the Bible says about a hireling. You no longer have shepherd-like qualities. Mm -hmm. You no longer have um, an, an, an apostle's heart. You no, no longer have a, a teaching spirit. You no longer have an evangelistic desire to see people come to Jesus. You no longer have a prophetic edge. Now it's just regurgitation of something. You're just an echo chamber. You're no longer a prophetic voice. Mm -hmm. and, and, and so when, when I, as a pastor, read this, and many will follow the destructive ways, that's crushing to me. Mm. Because that means that one person cared nothing about these people. Yeah. And only cared that they had a following. Mm -hmm. And so then it says, um, because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. Again, these are very clear words. Mm -hmm. He's not saying these are just mistakes. He's saying heresy mm -hmm. and blasphemy. Right. So verse 3, by covetousness, Covetousness, they will exploit you with deceptive words. It will sound good, mm -hmm. but sounding good doesn't make it truth. Yeah. There are many who, who have perverted the Bible to make it seem like it's something that it's not. Right. To the point of people ascribing behavior patterns on Jesus and identifying him by those behavior patterns, mm -hmm. perverting the word of God. Right. And they do that to put a stamp on their own behavior. Mm -hmm. The people who try to twist and change the Word of God are trying to change it to put a stamp on their own behavior. Right. Always. Always. 
Well, that's the thing. One of the <coughs> interesting aspects about this is um, going back to where it says destructive way. One of the um, the ways that's translated out is uh, through sensuality. It, there is a the, the these early heresies. They were sexual in nature, and again, they're trying to pervert the scriptures to justify their own lusts and desires. You key word lust. Lust is not always sexual. Lust is a selfish, self-centered mm-hmm. desire that's outside of the will of God. Mm-hmm. That lust can be for power. Mm-hmm. It can be for many different things. Mm-hmm. But it will always involve sexual immorality of some sort mm-hmm. because that's the, that's the core of lust. And so by covetousness, they will exploit you with deceptive words. For a long time, their judgment has not been idle, and their destruction does not slumber. Right. So an interesting aspect of this whole exploitation also, it's also a matter of, you see this, this pull, whereas the, uh, the prophets who were doing the right thing, it wasn't about them, it wasn't about glorifying them. In fact, many of the prophets were persecuted at the end of the day. This was for these false prophets. They're exploiting people for their own personal gain. And it, they're, they're trying to deceive people to build themselves up, to gain, one commentary suggested monetary value out of these individuals, which... Um, Current culture would say followers. Exactly, followers. Subs. Subs, and all <laughs> kinds of stuff like that. And so it Are is, you impressed that I just said subs? I'm very impressed. So, <laughs> <laughs> so but that is, it is a, is this is the nature of these false teachers, is that it's justifying their own sinful thoughts and mindsets that they want to hold on to. They don't want to give up. They're using it to build themselves up and exploit other people. Don't really care about them, but they're making people believe they do for their own selfishness. And they will also devalue true spiritual leaders Mm -hmm. who are trying to bring correction to bring healing to people. They will devalue those people and call them controlling, Mm. manipulative. They'll call them all manner of things while they themselves are actually functioning in all of that. Exactly. And the heart of that shepherd or that leader is not for that person to follow them, but for that person to be redeemed, to be healed, right. for that situation to be redeemed. Right. And all this, and this is this is a key portion when I read this, is the fact that they're doing all this stuff, and it sounds like you know they're, they're in the church, and these are people who profess to know Christ, they profess to know Jesus, but we see back here in verse 1, these people are denying Christ. The Lord who bought them. That's right. Uh, their actions, their deeds, their things, they're denying the very Christ they claim to <clears throat> represent, which is really the biggest heresy of them all, is the denial of the Lordship of Jesus. You know, over 29 years, Dallas, I think I've preached, I don't know, thousands. Mm-hmm. Has to be. I had a number at one point. I don't remember <laughs> what it was, but it was a lot. Because there was a, a, a long season where I was doing, <clears throat> I was doing a Bible study, I was doing uh, youth I was doing uh, um, uh, associate. I, I was speaking as well. Mm-hmm. I was speaking in schools. I was um, I was uh, speaking at conferences. So there was a season where it wasn't just like two messages a week or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like so. I don't know how many sermons that I preached, but but and I can't remember all of them. <laughs> I have to go back to a file. Mm-hmm. But there is one that I remember. If for nothing else, the title: Who sits on the throne of your heart? Mm. And it was a message about the lordship of Jesus on your heart. Right. And all hell broke loose after that message. Oh, wow. I mean, people lost their minds. And it wasn't even one of those fiery, you know, it Mm -hmm. was just like, 
who sits on the throne of your heart. Yeah. And within like a month, there had been a falling away of probably dozens, plural, wow. of people. Again, it wasn't like, and for a whole other group of people, it was a life-transforming moment mm -hmm. because Jesus wasn't truly the Lord of their life. Mm -hmm. They had said a prayer one time, but he wasn't the Lord of their life. He didn't sit on the throne of their heart. And, and, and any time the truth of God's word comes and splits that, that marrow, that soul and that spirit, mm -hmm. and the word of God, that living, powerful word of God splits it, that's when you begin to see motives. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Who's still there and who's gone? Yeah. Like, it, it's just, and again, I, I, I'm not excusing bad behavior by leaders or terrible sermons or mm -hmm. terrible theology or get up and rip snort and scream at everybody and yell at everybody and try to get them to do what you want them to do. Mm -hmm. I don't excuse any of that behavior. But I will say when the word of God is presented and, and given, there is conviction. Yeah. I'm glad you pointed that because pre-show, you and I were talking about this whole, the pendulum is swinging a balance and how, depend, no matter what the topic is, whether it's the way that we do leadership, the way we do teachings or whatnot, people tend to go one way or the direction. And we are not affirming anybody who does, who's a leader who does it terribly. Uh, in fact, uh, you would know that if you listen to a few episodes back, uh, we talked about dealing with some terrible leadership stuff. Right. Um, so if you're listening to this, you're like, are you saying that my, my pastor who did XYZ thing that was terrible was, was okay? No, we're not saying that. No. We're saying, get in the Word. Let Holy Spirit speak to you. Let him bring healing to you. <laughs> if there needs to be healing. And then we're also saying that that pastor, he or she, is a human being. Yeah. And they are just as redeemable. And they are valuable. Mm -hmm. And they are... Uh, again, I think that pendulum swings, and then all of a sudden we start disregarding people and discarding people, yeah. and we forget that the Lord didn't discard us. Exactly. And so who are we to so quickly discard someone? Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't mean that we we allow people to just do whatever, but it does mean that that it's all redeemable. Yeah. That's the hugeness of Jesus. Mm -hmm. that's, the, that's the bigness of Christ. That's right. the expanse of the cross and the resurrection mm -hmm. is that it's all, not just us, yeah. but all of it, even time. Yeah. Time that the enemy stole from me and living my life away from Jesus, mm. the Lord has redeemed that time. Yeah. Listen, I'm not in perfect health and I'm, I'm not a, a super handsome man, but man, I look much, much <laughs> better at, at almost 55 years old than I did when I was 25. Mm -hmm. That can only be supernatural. Sure. And Jesus redeemed that time. Yeah. He has redeemed that time. The yeah. first 25 years of my life, he has redeemed that. He's redeemed every trauma that I went through. Yeah. He's redeemed every relationship that was broken. Mm -hmm. He's redeemed every single one of those things. Right. And, 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 and when you begin to look more at you... Mm. And what you can get, then you begin to trample those things under your feet. Exactly. And the Bible has some pretty heady words does. about what happens when you do that. Right. Now, to contrast, people we're dealing with here right now, these are people that have, their hearts are hardened right now. Yep. Then he, this is as a 
a as a warning sign to the church to what to look out for, but also a warning sign for people walking in this. Yeah, the and people- he's about to give them an example of of an example all of them would know. Yes, of the hardness of a heart. Yeah. So he says in verse five, um, and did not spare the ancient world. So now he's taking them back. Mm-hmm. But save Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. Like these are some of the most extreme examples. Yeah. Which means these false prophets, these heresies, th- again, this wasn't just somebody making a mistake. Mm-hmm. This was heavy, heady stuff. Right. Because the. The examples that are being used here is complete destruction. Right. And so it says, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemn them to destruction, making them an example to those who afterward would live ungodly, and delivered righteous Lot, who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked, for that righteous man dwelling among them tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. And then the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment. Hmm. You want me to read the last two? <laughs> well, I, I want to I meditate on this for a second, this last aspect, that the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation and to reserve the unjust for punishment for the day of judgment. I think there's a lot of people that when they look at a situation, they're like, oh, it's lost, we're throwing everything out, the, out with the bathwater. The interesting thing is he points out Lot. If you read the biblical example, Lot wasn't a great guy. Mm-mm. Lot made a lot of mistakes. Yeah. But he was also, um, and, and it's I'm going to say the vocabulary, but we're, he was almost a victim of circumstances. And not that he was allowing himself to be there, but he, he had a fight culture. And fortunately, he had family members who's like, we're getting out of here now. His wife didn't listen, obviously. Right. But... God can redeem us if we're in a bad situation. But even that moment said something about Lot, mm-hmm. was that he didn't turn, mm-hmm. he didn't look back, because he understood the instruction of the Lord. Right. His wife, it wasn't just like, oh, frivolously, let me look back. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it wasn't even that act. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we think it's the act. Mm. It was the but it's the it. inability at the beginning not to hear what the Lord is saying. Mm-hmm. Not that he didn't say it, right? But you didn't listen to what he said, right? Eve, Adam, like you didn't listen to what the Lord said. You did not take it seriously. Mm-hmm. And when the time came, that's that's how you got deceived. Mm-hmm. You didn't get deceived because you were stupid or dumb or or the enemy would you know the snake was so overpowering. You didn't listen to God. Mm-hmm. You didn't take it to heart. Mm-hmm. It's nobody else's fault that we're we are not free. Right. Like everybody's waiting around for somebody to come to them with a word, or or waiting, 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 waiting for some kind of word. And it's like if you get the word, you've got the word. Yeah. You got everything you need to be free. Mm-hmm. Why are you waiting for somebody else? Mm-hmm. Like, how many sermons do, do do people that go to church every week, how many sermons do you hear that are speaking directly to your circumstance, but you're not listening? Mm-hmm. And when you don't listen. So one thing about Lot, he listened to what was said. Mm-hmm. This is what the Lord is saying. Mm-hmm. And if you do this, this is going to happen to you. Right. Like, when his wife turned into a pillar of salt, he didn't even turn around. Mm-hmm. Because Not because he didn't love his wife. 
but because he listened to what the Lord said. Again, right. not a perfect man, right? but he listened to what the Lord said. Right. And so that's a key aspect. I think people, God knows how to save people if they will listen. That's right. If they're willing to walk. You may have gone through some terrible stuff, but if you're willing to listen, and again, clean hands and a pure heart, does that mean that you were perfect? It means that you were like David, and maybe you've made mistakes, but you're willing to, what'd you say, if you mess up, fess up? Yeah, you're able mess to, up, fess up. You're able to go to the Lord, go, I, I, woe is me. I have sinned against you alone, O Lord. That's what David said. It wasn't, well, Lord, it wasn't my fault. You know, Bathsheba shouldn't have been out there on the, on the thing. It wasn't, well, you know, Lord, it wasn't my fault. He should have, home dude should have come back and studied with his wife. And every time David does try to talk that way, he ends up turning himself upside down where he's like cursing God in one second and then he's <laughs> blessing God the next. Yeah. Because it, it's not because God has changed. He's having this inner turmoil right. that his flesh wants to live one way and mm -hmm. wants to do certain things, but he has a heart for God. Yeah. And because he has a heart for God, his heart doesn't harden. Yeah. But his heart remains pliable and repentant so that right. when he does blow it, he's repentant. Exactly. And that's doesn't mean he doesn't have to live with the 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 uh fruit mm -hmm. of his sin, but it does mean that a repentant heart now, he's not going back to it. Right. And that's the difference between Lot and these false prophets. Even God's willing to redeem them, but Pastor, if you could read these last two verses, 10 and 11, of what these false prophets look like. And especially those who walk according to the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise authority. There it is. Mm. They are presumptuous, self-willed. They are not afraid to speak evil of dignitaries, whereas angels who are greater in power and might do not bring a reviling accusation against them before the Lord. So here we see this the what a description of what these false teachers look like. They are, um, by all rights, just terrible individuals, in my opinion. They're presumptuous, self-willed. Now, what is this not afraid to speak evil of dignitaries supposed to mean? Well, I mean, that you would go culture, because in culture, even leaders were called Lord. Mm -hmm. um, anyone who was a teacher, anyone who was in authority could be called, quote-unquote, Lord. Mm -hmm. And so when you would speak evil of, mm -hmm. then there were consequences of mm -hmm. that. So basically what, what that is speaking of, they're not afraid to speak evil of dignitaries, that's lawlessness. Mm -hmm. All of the things that are describing them is lawlessness, a lawless spirit. So how does that apply to where, whereas angels who are greater in power and might do not bring uh, to reveling accusations against uh, uh, them before the Lord. How does that play into that conversation? Well, again, he's just given a parallel of mm -hmm. not even these beings mm -hmm. who could yeah, and who do bring things before the Lord. That's clear in Scripture, right. that the angels do bring things before the Lord, mm -hmm. and the angels were sent by the Lord. Mm -hmm. Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm -hmm. I mean, again, those... Those different aspects, the birth of Jesus, angels were sent, mm -hmm. you know, uh, in all these scenarios. But then it goes on in the New Testament to begin to talk about the greatness of Christ, mm -hmm. and he's higher than angels, right. and the blood speaks a better word, and all these manner of things. So he's, he's laying out this parallel of, although they could, they do not. They don't even do that. Mm -hmm. Again, it goes back to being presumptuous, mm -hmm. self-willed. We want to be in control. Mm -hmm. We're bigger than. Right. I'm bigger than. Right. I'm bigger than 
this leader, I'm bigger than this, even to the point of they despise authority. It didn't mm-hmm. just say spiritual authority. Right. All authority. All right. authority. And again, that's I think that's where um we, we need to keep in mind some of the people who we there we talked about earlier on top of the show of, you know, they're 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 looking for these heretics. Um if you're looking for a heretic, you know, find one, uh, in my opinion. Um I can make a heretic out of anybody, but what is the heart of the individual? What are the, it's, what's the difference between them making a mistake and somebody being this? Yeah, I mean, you can see it in a lot of cult leaders. Mm-hmm. This type of behavior mm-hmm. is how a cult will get started, mm-hmm. um, where everything now is about them, mm-hmm. and they're the only ones. Mm-hmm. I'm the only one that can hear from God. Mm-hmm. I'm the only one. that. Can. Once somebody starts saying things like that, it's time to check out. Exactly. You need to get away. Yeah. <laughs> well, and if you have someone who's like, oh, I'll always be there for you. And, uh, you know, that sounds good. Again, deceptive words. Mm-hmm. Sounds great. Yeah. But you won't. Yeah. They won't always be there for you. Yeah. They can't. Mm-mm. They can't. Yeah. But that is another level of codependency that that um, that an oppressor mm-hmm. puts on a victim mm-hmm. is be codependent on me, and that's how you end up with victims who obey oppressors mm-hmm. because of this deceptiveness, mm-hmm. and now they believe that this person has all the answers, and that's how you end up with these deadly cults where 20-something people are in bunk beds and they're dead because the UFOs were going to come. Yeah. You know, That's how you end up with a Jamestown, with mm-hmm. Jim Jones, who was a very charismatic personality, and yeah. and and early on had some unbelievable moments in San Francisco with with intercultural ministries and the homeless and all these things and all people from all different backgrounds were were going to that church and 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 it was like a melting pot mm-hmm. but it was a man who through deceptive words began a codependency set up upon himself and mm-hmm. Now we know that behind the scenes, you know, he was doing drugs and he was doing all manner of things, just ungodly things. Yeah. And that's why Peter is so strong. This needs to be a strong message. Yeah. It doesn't need to be Christianity light. Yeah. <laughs> it needs to be a strong message because yeah. it's deceptive. It's destructive, mm. doom, <laughs> depravity, right. and deceptions. Yeah. It's It's all of those things. And again, we're not saying that that anyone is perfect. Yeah. And we're not saying that you dispose of relationships because somebody blows it. Right. But we are saying that, you know, Peter is clear in here of the heart of these people. And we can see it in the political realm, any mm-hmm. any realm of influence. Yeah. Entertainment, we see it a lot. Mm-hmm. Politics, we see it a lot. Mm-hmm. Self-willed, I'm going to people that have been in office for 30 or 40 years. That shouldn't happen in this country, mm-hmm. in my opinion. It shouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. You know, there should be a cycle of, you know, our politicians are not public servants. They're just not. They get paid. They don't even go back to their homes most of the time. They're in Washington, which goes against, it's counterintuitive to how this nation was founded. Right. You know? Because it was, they were farmers and they were lawyers and they were this and they would come together <laughs> once or twice a year 
and then they would legislate and they would do, but they were all rooted to their place. But what ends up happening is that now you get power and you start having a lust for power. Now you want to see yourself. And now for us in America, politicians are not politicians, they're celebrities. Mm -hmm. They're showing up at celebrity events. They're, they're, they're on the red carpet. They're, they're personalities. I don't need personalities. I need a public servant who has a heart yeah. for the public. Yeah. And that's what Peter is saying is that these people don't have a heart for yeah. Jesus, right. number one. And so they definitely will not have a heart for you mm -hmm. as the people of God. Yeah. So good. Well, there's a lot that we just unpacked here, and we want to hear from you guys. How has this encouraged you? How has this challenged you? You know, um, Because sometimes we read things and we're like, okay, well, that's just describing a situation. This is speaking to us. Mm -hmm. So we want to hear from you guys. How is this speaking to you? Uh, Pastor, what's your big takeaway for today? Um, I, th I think heart. Mm -hmm. The motives of your heart, yeah. you know, just making sure that whoever you are, mm -hmm. if you're just, uh, you know, all of us are just the people of God in our hearts. Mm -hmm. Our hearts matter. The motives behind what we do, it matters. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't, we're not, we're not trying to blow up and be viral and have 500,000 subscribers. I mean, that'd be fine. That's great. But, mm -hmm. but that's not why we do this. We're yeah. doing this. Initially, the reason we did this was COVID. Mm-hmm was to get a line-by-line -line Bible study to people mm -hmm. that were not able to, to gather together in right. person. Mm -hmm. And really, that's why we started this. Mm -hmm. We weren't having a Wednesday night. Mm -hmm. And basically, the, the beginnings of this <laughs> started in room 104 at a white wall with yeah. me and Dallas around a table. Remember that? <laughs> remember that. And it was Wednesday night Bible yeah. study, man. Yeah. Because we weren't here. Yeah. And it was Wednesday night Bible study. And that was the roots of this. And the root was... We want people to know the Word of God. Yeah. Because in the Word of God, they can not only know who God is, but they can know who they are in Him. Mm -hmm. And so motives of the heart and these people, the motivations of their heart shifted. At some point, they opened up their heart to the enemy, to Satan. Let's just say it. Yeah. To Satan. They opened up their hearts to Satan. And because of that, the Lord, they removed the Lord uh, from their heart. They can't remove him from the cross or couldn't remove him from the resurrection. They can't remove him from anything, but they can't remove him from their own heart. Yeah, exactly. Well, guys, I want to hear from you. Again, mediahub at teachbeachreport.com is how you get a hold of us. Also, check our Facebook page. Just look for a midweek move. And also, uh, fun fact, you can now find our podcast on YouTube Music. Just look for a midweek move. We'll pop up pretty easily if you're one of the individuals who use that app. So, that being said, have a great week.